You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Actually, she is a very funny person. And she is very smart. Um, she was like, like trying to like, sit, sit down on the chairs. Oh, Mariko, do you have a tattoo? And I said, no. Have you ever arrested? <laughs> that was like a hard question. Have you ever been arrested? Questions. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, a, and at that moment, I didn't She's know. Like, do you have drugs? <laughs> arrested. I was like, what does he mean? I was like super confused. I was like, uh like that <laughs> so that was the first moment with her <laughs> ladies and gentlemen welcome back to another episode of 2020 i'm siobhan cronin here with ben and Corey. as always super excited to return for part two with my dear friend mariko yeah, fabulous buddy! cellist yeah fabulous this is, cellist this is another morning episode for us when we're recording it and these always seem to be a bit more tame so <laughs> i think the the number of f-bombs that ben dropped was severely reduced yeah uh, so this one this one's pretty like all ages friendly i would say i i, I, I wouldn't go quite that far okay the thing maybe is, hide is your that kids pg-13 <laughs> you, yeah but you gotta like match the people and like Mariko is so like demure and eloquent and cultured that like i feel bad saying anything like that because she just doesn't deserve it there you go so ben ben showed some respect in this one we get to hear um a bit japanese thing yeah well we get to hear about (laughs) japan uh and and, you know where she comes from and a little bit of the culture there as well as more tour stories including stuff with madonna uh and just really cool behind the scenes stuff with star set so check it out part two prince (laughs) kinda all right ben part two with mariko Welcome to another episode of 2020. This is our take dose because Ben forgot to hit record. Uh, my name is take. Yes, uh, my name is Corey Peza here, as always, with Siobhan Cronin and luckily Ben this time. How are you guys doing? Ooh. Good, good. I'm super excited to return for part two with my dear friend Mariko, a fabulous cellist. In part one, we talked a lot about how she got started getting into rock music, listening to American rock radio in Japan, a lot of cool experiences and tidbits hearing about how she kind of forged her own path getting into sort of the crossover music genre. My favorite part was when I realized that she's done more than I have by the time she was eight. And (laughs) she looks... A decade younger than all of us, and she's technically older than no, all of like us. That's like everyone in Japan. Mean. I'm telling you, it's, it's like the, pi- the picture of Dorian Gray. Like all of us are yeah. aging here in the United States while all the Japanese people are just getting younger as they get older. It's amazing. Is that true? Is that true? Because I feel like you're not the average person. And if you're the average person in Japan, then like I give up on life. And if you're uh, admiring <laughs> us as Japanese people because we won World War II, maybe you guys should get your own identity. 
I'm not sure about that, but uh, we're, once again, we're sorry for him in advance. I'm kidding. And, yeah, and, don't and, feel and, free it, to just ignore any we're sorry uncomfortable in questions and retrospect and everything else that happens. Um, getting we're, back, we're sorry for everything that's happened for the last hundred years. In fact. <laughs> But yeah. we all have like black hairs, and then we almost like having like black or um, a little bit like a dark brown eyes. So a lot of people is willing to have like blonde hair like Shuban, and then sometimes we wear the color contact lens, you know, to just get the change. <laughs> so I think um, at some point, or oh, like a, some like in our head, we are willing to have like a different culture. Or like a different um blood <laughs> i don't know in our mind so i, I don't think, know i don't know <laughs> I, we didn't think about you know we look young or something like that we we never thought in japan. <laughs> well what i will say is that everyone's skin in japan is amazing which might have something to have sure it's genetics but yeah the just the lifestyle it's just it was so cool for me to get the chance to go there you know every, you can oh, just tell everyone's fun. super healthy and I don't know. <laughs> we didn't it's, it's, think like that way either, but uh, um, because we love, you know, the, the hamburger stuff. It's, oh. it's so funny. It's so hard to find a good hamburger place in Japan. If we find, it's going to be expensive. So, yeah, That's I love the in and out burgers. <laughs> That's actually something interesting. So, so Siobhan has been to Japan. I, ben, you haven't been, right? I, I haven't been. I've uh, only actually projected myself in dreams. Right. So, uh, for for someone who hasn't visited Japan, what would you recommend? As like you know, you got a week to go there. What would you recommend for anyone visiting? What What should people check out to get the the full cultural experience? Um. So there's a many temples in Kyoto. It's not in Tokyo. Tokyo has a few temples too. I recommend to go to Kyoto. It's very beautiful ancient cities. Um, many. Kyoto. Uh, yeah, Kyoto. Yeah, yeah. It's very wonderful city. And if we go to Tokyo, you know, it's a you, very very busy cities. Uh, if we go to Rapongi, there's a many. Um, high buildings or even like Shinjuku they have like a kabuki show which is like uh, almost like a Las Vegas strip and um, they have many many uh, bars uh, girls strips boys strips <laughs> like uh, strips as in strip clubs <laughs> Is it, is, Ma- is, it, is it Macau? Or Don't you guys have like the biggest gambling in the world? Isn't it like some crazy island? Am I thinking of something else? There's like some crazy, am I confusing myself? Like there's a, there's an island that's like um, in the most insane uh, gambling in the world. Oh, that is I a Macau, it, I think. China. You're Macau? Yeah. Oh, China. I confuse China with Japan. Oh, once, right. again, we don't learn once again, we're sorry, we're sorry in advance and <laughs> no, in retrospect. My wires. I, it's, not, it's not because of any Japanese. It's just because I don't know where things are. It's not her or it, It's fine. It's, you, you don't have to apologize fine. for being American it, and not okay. knowing geography. It's part of Asia. So. <laughs> well, she lives in Las Vegas, okay? And then I thought island... And then I'm like, doesn't speak my language. It's a hard language. Chinese, in my defense, is a hard language like Japanese. <laughs> so that's how I cross my wires. Actually, so Japan was not allowed to have a casino hotel until a few years ago. Wow. They are trying to, yeah, they changed the law and they are trying to build up the casino hotel maybe in two years or something. And they, definitely they're going to have the shows there. Do you think the Japanese guys went to Macau and they're like, we got to do this better? 
<laughs> no, that, Macau is such a like you know historical casino place. So, yeah, that was beautiful, though. <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs> well, as as an American that visited Japan, I don't know how it's possible to see all the things in one week because Tokyo alone, from my experience, was huge. I mean, it's like. I can't even describe what it's it's almost like going to the future. It's like you show up and you're like, wow, this is what the world will look like in 20 years. Yeah. Super organized, super clean, tons of people. Somehow That's it what all I works. Meant, though. That's what I meant is like if you if you can't see everything, if you only have a week. Sure, like what's, sure. Do, is it better to see what, you know, the that side, the the bright, flashy side? Or is it better to go to, you know, you mentioned the temples and, and the more, you know, probably less touristy things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it uh, depends on what you would like to see or what, what kind of you know, experience you, you want to have. Uh, if, you wanna, if you wanna see the nature things, I definitely recommend to go to um, more like a north side, which is more like a having good green. Well, what are, we, what are we gonna see in Japan? Like, I don't, like, am I seeing tigers? Am I seeing bald eagles? What's flying around? Is there like tarantulas there? Like, if we're going to go see the wild, like is is there what are we looking at? Um, we don't have eagles, but uh, we have tigers in the zoo. That's really <laughs> sad. You don't tigers have eagles. The, the tigers are in the zoos. So wait, what is indigenous to Japan? <laughs> you list the indigenous species. Maybe please. bear. <laughs> There's Japanese bears. Pikachu. Yeah. <laughs> Pokemon? Wait, can you get special Pokemon that Brock can't get in Miami in Japan? Like, if I walk around with my Pokemon app, am I going to see like a Tyrannosaurus Rex that's not available in Iowa? Um, her, I never. Oh, deer. Deer. <laughs> yeah, but in the, if you go to Okinawa, there's a super beautiful ocean. I mean, if you compare with Miami, maybe. Kind of same, but uh, st- it's probably more beautiful. Miami is less Cubans can be trash. <laughs> I just say like there's like syringes coming up on South Beach. It's cool. It looks good from like you know the hell like the whatever you're doing. Over yeah, but with once the you boat. meet the people, you're like, okay, I think I'll leave. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, you're like here. I'm glad I have Mace on me. <laughs> no, but that's that's cool. Okinawa. Yeah, I mean, I haven't been there, but that. But wait, so there's cool fish. Beautiful. No, I'm trying to understand because I love I love animals, and I'm just well, trying she's to saying figure there's out, a beach like, there. Okay, so what's at the beach? <laughs> I have a great story though. Okay. My, so my cousin, um, my mom's side of the family is living in the south area, uh, which mm-hmm. we call the uh, Kyushu, Kita Kyushu. So my cousin's friend found that dog when I, he was like elementary school boy. And then, oh, I got a uh, dog. So he brought back to the, you know, his home and then he was like, raising him up, like, you know, the dog up. But he didn't bark. Like, even one year later, two years later, so he was wondering, and he took that dog to the bed, and he's, oh yeah, he doesn't bark. That's obvious because it's raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> raccoon. <laughs> you have a raccoon. You're like, come here, doggy. <laughs> this is obvious because raccoon. <laughs> I like. How uh, how like just casual that is. Oh, the reason your dog doesn't bark is because it's actually a raccoon. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know what a Japanese raccoon looks like, where it might be confused with a dog. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't see that one, so I don't know how it looks like. But I think it's the exact same way as American raccoon. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. 
So let's uh, let's let's pick up. Not to interrupt you, but um, coming out of the last episode, part one. If you haven't checked it out, go listen to it. Two zero two zero dash d dot com. Um, so we talked a lot about you know how you got your first Cirque du Soleil World Tour experience. Um, how long were you doing that for? And you know, at, at what point did that end or transition into the next thing? Like what how, what did that lead to after that? Yeah, when you the the Michael Jackson tour, like for how long were you doing that, and like how did that change or shift your 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 path into the next thing? So I did a, that tour from two thousand thirteen May until two thousand fourteen August, and at the end of the tour, that was a place was in Mexico. Um, CEO of no no founder of Cirque Soleil. His name is Guy, came to see our show because it's, you know, last um, um, place to perform. And uh, we got a chance to talk with him. And then, first of all, I did, to be honest, I didn't know him about, you know, you know, what kind of person even, I didn't know he was there during performance. And after the show, oh, he seems like a founder of Guy. <laughs> and then, you know, I said, nice to meet you. And then, thank you so much for having me, you know. And he asked me if you're interested in working for more shows in, uh, of Sugar Soleil. And I, of course, I, I, yes, I would love to. And then I didn't hear anything, you know, just say, and I thank you so much. And then bye, right? And the tour ended. But same time, you know, those tours changed my life. And then I wanted to keep going, you know, have a more like experience, not going back to <laughs> ignore, just ignore him. Ignore For him. anyone not listening to or watching the video, turn on the YouTube cast to see how Ben is not using his words to derail the conversation. <laughs> yeah, he's getting creative with it now. <laughs> so oh, like, in the, I, I remember in July and I heard uh, uh, my friend was posting then on Instagram, uh, on Facebook that the band who got a Oricon chart, like a number one or three, I forgot. Um, Star set is looking for the violinist and cellist. And if whoever interested in contact me and then the, the, she put the YouTube link of Star set. And then that was a dressing room right before the show the you know, Michael Jackson, the motor world tour. And I listened and oh my God, that was a, my demons. And uh, wow, this sounds amazing. And I definitely, I, I would love to work with them because the, you know, working with a rock band was one of my dreams. And, you know, um, and I contacted with them and then they said, yeah, sure. Come on and join us. <laughs> yeah. That was easy. <laughs> yeah, that was easy. Oh my God. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, and then I just realized, okay, I I need to get a working visa because the, during the tour, Cirque Soleil provided us the working visa, right? Yeah. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> did you see his his mask said Mariko is my hero? <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! How did you do that? This is like something from Hyde's show. They I have you remember Japan. they have the. I ordered this from Japan. Oh my god! I'm. Is it truth? <laughs> oh, that's super cool. 
<laughs> I want to deep videotape it. <laughs> you can just watch it. Corey's going to edit it and put it in like long form in beautiful 1080p. I'll be cutting know. this entire part out. Yeah, this entire part. <laughs> anyway, so go so. ahead, go go on. So so Star Set, so you got invited to join Star Set. And then after the tour, I get a uh, working visa by myself and then came back to the US to join them. That was, uh, I think, uh, October. Yeah. In 2014. Yes. So that for, for everyone listening, not to interrupt you, that was like the early days of Star Set. This was like van touring, yeah, driving. Yeah. First one. First of all, um, you know, I got a chart. Uh, no, no, not the chart. Uh, the stems. Yeah. 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 From them. And I was like, oh, okay, there's a bunch of strings sections. <laughs> and then which <laughs> notes I should play. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, at that moment, I was like playing violin and cello. So, okay, which songs I should play the violin and the cello? I had no idea. And they had no idea either. <laughs> yeah, just do, do whatever you want. <laughs> and then, um, okay, you know, I practiced and then I went to the US, right? And then... I don't remember which place or which states, but uh, okay, London, nice to meet you, right? <laughs> and then go to the venue. Okay, take a 20 minutes, 30 minutes, chaos, sound check, even <laughs> not the rehearsal. And then after that, we go wrap up and then, okay, let's go to the show. <laughs> First star set experience. <laughs> Wow, like I was like, oh my god, this is wild. <laughs> but uh, that was so much fun, and then we did uh, until December. But uh, so that, but during, I think in September, same time, I got a phone call from Zumaniki of uh, by Cirque Soleil, which is a resident show in Las Vegas, and then and they asked me if I was interested in working on the Zumanity as a Japanese character on um, kind of a just Japanese anime. Do you know that Evangelion? Evangelion is a Japanese famous uh, comic or anime. Okay. They, Sorry. Uh, it's okay. It's totally fine. And then uh, my character was like a look like that. Okay. Basically, so founder of Sukusoi, you know, he made uh, my position uh, for me. And they made a new character on Zumanity. They didn't have a cello character before. So I said yes. And after Star Set Tour came to Vegas directly. And then that was like my first, like, you know, um, life. Nice. When, when you say character, is that just like, you're just, you're still just performing, right? You're just in a... Is it a costume? Like I, I've never seen the show, so I'm not sure. Oh yeah, so, uh, Cirque du Soleil has like a, uh, own characters. Zumanity is a comedy music, um, circus mm -hmm. shows. Yep. And then, the old musicians is in the costume. Okay. Yeah. But uh, old musician is wearing the black costume. But my character was like blue uh, and a robot 
like sexy robot type of like having an uh-huh. LED here. Wait, did you have so- like a costume designer that was like instead of black? <laughs> oh, actually, I have. We're hold gonna on. Do I have a costume. Wait, hold on, wait for it. Yeah, she's gonna bring that, but we should we can find some pictures Blue. too. Yeah. <laughs> but hold on a second, like black for rock and roll. And then blue, like, isn't that amazing to be innovative? And then you're like, we're going to make blue robots. No, the Cirque du Soleil costumes, like, the whole set is super, super cool to see. It's super creative. But go ahead. Sorry, Marco. Oh, my God. It's amazing. It's very expensive. So when I was Michael Jackson on the tour, um, that was, I was wearing the, almost like a bra, like a sparkling bra, and then um, pants, which is half short pants, half long pants. (laughs) It's very confused. (laughs) But rock style. Yeah. yeah, and having crazy makeup, and when I was the humanity was like this. Oh wow, that's amazing! Wow, you'll have to send us. You'll have to take a picture of that and send it. We'll, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll post yeah, it we'll, big we'll on put the it in the show. So, so let me ask you this: because if anyone who has ever seen Cirque du Soleil, it's amazing, amazing physicality that goes into those shows. As far as the performers that are doing the physical feats, how is it being in the band versus watching all these people do crazy stuff? in front of your eyes because it's like you have Jedi musicians that play with Michael Jackson and we've imported this crazy Japanese cellist that could do everything and then there's these people doing flips and moving their bodies and dropping from the ceiling with their hair and all kinds of stuff that you think isn't real but it's like one million percent real yeah so that's the things too um thank you so much for remind me reminding me uh, about that so watching the aerialists especially aerialists they have a risk, of course, the acrobats too. If they failed, it's really like a related with their lives, right? Could be mm-hmm. die. Um, so it's amazing how much risks they carried every day. Yeah, every moment. Tiny cue, still just flipping, just only one second, but still risky, right? But um, so like watching those stuff and performing, it definitely changed my mind too. You know, we can't just enjoy our music during performing. How much you know, I can appreciate that. You know, we don't we don't die. Yeah, right. Like mistake, you know, stuff. It's not a great for the you know um, our outcome, of course. But we don't die for that. Oh, well, we don't fight, but we don't die because of that. Right. I just uh, should focus on uh, enjoying the music or playing that I learned from them. When you when That's you started amazing. playing, did you ever get distracted by all the craziness going on? Did you have to be like, oh, geez, there's someone flying over my head right now? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, on Zumanity, I had an um, act on the stage was a realist. Um, and then just a solo act, his act and me. And basically that was a love story between us. And then he's trying to catch my eyes and flying, <laughs> da, 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 da. And then and up and we falling in love. Oh, wow. So sometimes he was like flying and then all <laughs> so that people understand, I, I just want to stop this for a second because my buddy Mikey, I've, I learned about 
aerial, uh, being an aerialist, not me personally, because um, he was in Cirque du Soleil. He's, uh, he was also, I saw him perform with Britney Spears. And when she did one of her tours, she, it was like Cirque du Soleil. Uh, she like, oh, Cirque du Soleil is awesome. Let's just do that for my tour. And she had all these aerialists and like all these special martial artists and people don't realize like they don't. So like my buddy, d- just to tell you what he did, like he would form a chair with another man holding his body like this dropping from the ceiling with nothing else other than holding his own weight and Britney Spears would sit on top of these men like a chair and sing this song ooh ooh baby which is quite dirty may I add and she would come down from the ceiling and then once she got down to the to the safe place near her sofa that was set up perfectly my friend would sit there and he would start dancing as she's like kind of up on top of him but then that wasn't enough he would go and hold himself sideways now I don't know if you've ever tried to do a pull up or a push up I mean like hold your body out sideways perfectly yeah the strength of those guys is insane the, but yeah. but so when, when I went and saw Cirque du Soleil the first time, I, I went in going, this music's amazing. And by like the third act, I didn't even hear music. I'm just like watching these maniacs like dislocate their arms and move backwards. And because it's just like a different world. It's like so when you walk backstage and you see these aerialists and they see you, are they like, it's crazy what you do on the cello. And you're like, holy crap, how did you do that backflip and not die? Yeah, it's it's amazing to watch them like every night. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. that was fun. You mentioned that you were there was like an actual storyline, you know. So how much uh, acting is involved while you're performing your parts? Um, so basically, when I when we walk into the stage, uh, we're coming from like this side and this side. I'm this side, and then he's show up this side we are seeing a little bit but ignore and i, I started playing the cello and he was like a, so like a whole like a from top till the end it's just acting mm-hmm. and you know like acting you know perform performing yeah. right, so i i act like i like your your music or maybe they just really like it <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. soothing my soul immediately <laughs> Yeah, but, um, so it's very fun, you know, create, you know, we talk about maybe timing a little bit, we should do with different timing, you know, meet each other, like, we never did, or I never did in Japan, like, you know, those stuff, just only playing the music. Um, so that was new, too. And then when I was like, was Michael Jackson's Immortal Tour, the music uh, stage producer said, Okay, just act like, you know, your cello is like your partner, just being sexy and then, you know, just falling in love with cello. Well, in the words of Rod Stewart, less is more. <laughs> well, he was talking about clothing. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, think in this, I think in this case, more is more. <laughs> it was also a double entendre, but not really. <laughs> no, but that's, that's interesting that you brought that up. Can you talk more about some of the differences between the Michael Jackson tour and the residency? Because I... I feel like there, Cirque du Soleil is such a huge mechanism. I feel like there's so many people. There's a lot of coaching and the makeup and everything. What what sorts of things were different in the residency show? Like, how was that like a different experience than the tour? So tour, uh, we have like maybe three or four shows in a week. Sometimes, especially in America, we perform two nights or, and then go to the next cities, right? 
But in residence show, the stage is right there. So we held 10 shows a week, which is two shows a, you know, per day and then two days off a week. So it's kind of challenging to keep our mind like fresh because we're doing the same music all the time, like every night. So I had a good moment with my dad act with aerialist because that that music half of the time was improvisation so whatever mm. ever i want i could play so that there is a space for me but uh, other songs just same so we have to keep you know the freshness in my in our mind to yeah of course, the audience shows you know, sees um, our performance at the first time. Yeah. We have to perform, feel like it, we are playing the first time. Yeah. It's kind of challenging. It, it is, yeah. I think that's something that a lot of people that aren't performers don't think about. Because, like, yeah, and you know, even with Star Set Tour, it's like we do it so many days in a row and you get to the middle or, like, three quarters of the way through and you're like, oh, how do I keep up the energy? And you really have to, like push yourself to treat every audience like it's the first time you're doing it. And that's its own challenge. For well, that's sure. funny that you say that because one of the first things you said about this lovely lady ambassador of Japan, may I add, <laughs> is that she played like a virgin, maybe, with Madonna? You played with Madonna? Is this a thing? Was this real? Yeah, well, let's let's talk about it. How, so how did that? I guess we'll skip ahead a bit. Um, so how did the? Well, I just want to get to the meat and potatoes before we lose it because yeah, I sure, keep sure. asking. You need to come back. We have so many questions; it cannot be <laughs> contained in the period of time. And furthermore, I'm going to say this right now: if you'd ever want to jam with Corey, myself, and Siobhan, we're doing lots of things that require cello. So to have you, Susanna and Siobhan, maybe a viola in there, one of you guys could figure it out, maybe put it through a Kemper. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Yes, 2020 is just actually one big uh, job Yeah, it's basically a giant We're just trying ass. to con yeah. people into <laughs> joining our ass. band. It's basically, like, we just got Steve Wood, our British ambassador, has officially come on as our executive producer. He's like, I'll get you, Miles Kennedy. I'm like, do you want to be an executive producer? He's like, Betty, I could do that so well. Yeah. And then he continues to tell me about how he gets other people to do what he wants by making them smile and think it's his idea. And I'm like... You're working for me and then thanking me for being awesome at it. Continue working, Steve. And he's executive producing the show right now. I love him. He literally is my spirit animal. But I just love the fact that like we're doing exactly what he, like out of his book, page one, forward. <laughs> so anyway, so the, the original question was, let's talk Madonna. about Madonna. So how did how did that happen? Uh, so Michael Jackson, the Motor World to a music director, is actually... Uh, working for Madonna too, and he saw my performance in uh, Florida, and he rem- rem- uh, remembered me. Mm-hmm. And then, so 2017, I got a phone call from him, and then uh, Madonna was gonna play, perform in Las Vegas for Billboard Awards. Are you interested in? And then I said, oh, of course. And that was like the first time I met uh, Madonna. We did a rehearsal in New York. Uh, for a week. What was that like? Like when she walks into a room, because you gotta, you gotta take us. You're just casual about everything. You're like, yeah. So me and Mo are just like hanging out at the spa afterwards. And I was like, yeah, I'm in Japan. Like, I like Japan. Did you? I feel like you, 
You already asked the what question, Ben. You can stop now. <laughs> so when I first time, like, you know, I met her, of course, you know, nice to meet you. And then great thing about her is she reminds that our names. Sounds like a bit obvious, but it's mm. hard for the celebrities because they were working for many, many, many people, right? But I still was trying to remember the, our names. Of course, that at that moment, we didn't have much musicians, just uh, four strings and then two key, uh, one keyboard and then two background singers. But uh, um, so nice to meet Mariko. And then actually, she's a very funny person. And she's very smart. Um, she was like, like trying to like, sit, sit down on the chairs. Oh, Mariko, do you have a tattoo? And I said, no. Have you ever arrested? <laughs> that was like a hard question. Have you ever been arrested? Questions. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, a, and at that moment, I didn't She's know. Like, do you have drugs? <laughs> arrested. I was like, what does he mean? I was like super confused. I was like, uh, like that. <laughs> so that was the first moment with her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and then, um, so we had a, like a one week rehearsal. That song was like not her original song because that was like a tribute moment for Prince. Mm-hmm. And uh, wait, you played the Prince tribute. So wait a minute. So you're now playing Michael Jackson. And now you're playing Prince with Madonna. So Corey and I, <laughs> we covered Billy Idol and never even released it. And you're like, yeah. So I come back and I'm doing like the ultimate tribute with the well. Giant, if you start if you start biggest... comparing our guests to us, they're all gonna look. No, phenomenal, I know, but so. I'm just saying, like, I gotta put this in perspective. That by eight, <laughs> she's already dwarfed me. Now she's like the CERN super collider. Okay, continue. Oh my god, yeah. But uh, what I'm doing just nothing. You know, it just didn't change anything. Just uh, I got a chance to work with them. What they did, it's not totally re- not related with me, you know, just I'm me. I'm just playing the music, you know, cello. What mm-hmm. they did, it's amazing. You know, they have so much careers. And I just, I, I appreciate with that. What Prince song? What Prince song did you do with Madonna? I, I didn't see that. Uh, so that was like a Billboard Award 2017 in the Las Vegas Team of War Arena. And then we did that one. And then, but what was the song? song? What print song? Oh, do you remember? remember? Or can you just nothing hum it to compare me? with me? Nothing compares to you. I got told to you. Yes, not with me. I, that's adorable. <laughs> you played it at the Billboard Awards with Madonna. You're like, it's the song that goes like nothing. It's a C sharp. It's a C sharp. Um, that's amazing. It's a difficult part. Yes. <laughs> nothing compares to you with Madonna, the Billboard Music Awards 2017. That's you. I'm going immediately after this. I'm going to go put that on my, my my recording studio and watch you on all three of my screens. With oh, Madonna. thank you. But this eventually led to a full tour with Madonna. So can we can we talk about what how that happened? So so you did this the Music Awards this this one show. Yeah, but at the same moment I was working for Zumanji. So just afterwards, I just went back to Zumanji. And then I left Circus Soleil with Zumanji 2018. And then I restarted to working with Star Set. That's why we went to Japan and then we did a Europe things. And uh, after that, 2019, February, I believe, uh, from the same music director, I got a phone call. Uh, are you, you know, are you available this week, uh, this year? And I was like, uh, 
Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's such a long talk. What kind of a question <laughs> is that? That's like, like how's your schedule I just look? Depends. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe, yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, then we didn't hear anything. Well, I didn't hear anything like for three months. I was like, oh, okay, what's going on? And then in May 2019, um, uh, so please come to England in two weeks. Um, we're going to have a, a rehearsal or workshop for Madonna tour, new tour. And I was like, oh shit, because I'm going to Japan in a few days. And afterwards I have to go to England, but I made it. And that was actually the name was a workshop, but actually that was a audition type of, of the you know workshop. So she already created a new album and then based on it, that album she was going to the new tour so in her head uh, you know mind she already had that what kind of the situation she wanted to have it's a theater shows but she was not sure what kind of people will be on the stage what kind of people she wanted to have so there's a many dancers when i went to the workshop many dancers and then many choirs and then us, I think, musicians. And we did a rehearsal, like, 11 days. And that was, to be honest, super stressful. Because she was kind of on the edge. Because she didn't figure out yet what she wanted to. Uh, you know, I think the picture she had a little bit. But... Uh, Wait, hold on. But what's that like? Because... When you hear about Madonna, you hear about someone like Prince, like, you know, Madonna was originally a choreographer. OK, and she like she's all and you have a lot of these people that walk into these tours and you have these technical designers and like, you know, like, here you go. You have the choreographers. What's it like watching a genius like Madonna, like one of the greatest performers of our time, like work through a tour? Uh, great thing about her is she's organized everything from like a song's even picking up the notes, like tones, we spend a lot of time to decide the tone of piano. And she was involved in every one of those like aspects? Wow. Yes. So even the cello, I got a, like a sort of moment of, um, uh, end up like a two songs, three songs, but uh, during the workshop, I had a sort of moment, one song. That was like a, um, based on the, a couple better traditional song and also, you know, her style. Mm -hmm. So combine the traditional music and then her style. And the end of that song, I had a cello moment, just a solo cello. But that was for the record. On the record, that was not actual by cello. That was mm. the MIDI sound. <laughs> and she wanted to have like not kind of similar note, like a similar tone. <laughs> with that sound this is hold on that's we've crazy we've heard this before no no because we went me, I, I, there's this guy showed up that showed up showed up randomly at one of our <laughs> La Symphony sessions and he was working with Jason Becker who we love it's one of the greatest guitarists in the world we've helped raise money um, for him and he, he's just a phenomenal inspiration he, because he has Luke Gehrig's disease and um where was I going with this, Siobhan? I'm so, making it sound more like the MIDI. Yeah, Remember yeah. That? So he was working so off pre-production. Yeah, yeah. So, so Shoda had to go. I think to Sergio Abo Bosnia. 
to work with a whole orchestra and Shoda, uh, Shoda excuse me, has worked, d- done the music for Final Fantasy where he's worked with the whole orchestras and he goes and performs with whole orchestras and combines rock music and orchestral music, but for video games, which is an obvious thing. But because the guy that works with Jason Becker, because he has Lou Gehrig's disease and literally has to blink and look into an eye, like a, a box in certain areas of his eyes to dictate what he wants to do. This guy programs it all in MIDI because he's his, his interpreter. He's not a musician. So when he went to Sarajevo, this guy was trying to be like, okay, well, this doesn't sound like the MIDI when there's like this natural drop off of an orchestra. So the yeah. whole time, he's going out of his mind because he's trying to reverse yeah, engineer. Yeah, he's like, can you get the, the real people to sound more like a computer? <laughs> Basically. <Yeah. laughs> but I don't know if that is that the same thing. Because are you saying that the sound on the record wasn't even a cello? Yes. Or He or like a music producer did yeah. it on the yeah. purpose because, of course, he knows about music a lot. It's program yeah. MIDI. It's a MIDI library. Music players are uh, like a cello players. But he didn't use. He just used a, you know, he's very good at the, put on the FX on the, you know. Yeah, so it was a very processed sound. Yes. As, yeah. So he did on purpose on record, but at the <laughs> same time, you know, she had a me yeah. on the tour. <laughs> so she wanted to replace something. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, so first I played by acoustics and she said, mm, and it keep going. And I did it two days or three days. And then, but just sounds different. Of course, it's acoustic and MIDI different, right? And then, okay, then what about the electric cello? And then, you know, put on the many effects and then and da-da-da-da. And she didn't say anything, like, for another five days. But immediately, like, last two days. Yeah, but just, I feel like a different. I was like... A, <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> and I end up end up playing by acoustic, but I feel like uh, you know, she never. She's a uh, very smart, and then she's very she's a queen, so she never says like, oh, that's amazing. Was oh, that sounds fantastic? Or you know, even doesn't say, oh, she's uh, yeah, that sounds okay. You're not great at imitating MIDI. With your cello, how yeah. dare you not be able to do the velocity that some yeah. producer sat well, she, in a studio? She expects perfection. So if you're doing perfection, then you're just doing your job. Yeah, that's, but she should just what, what she should have done. And here's like, tell Mo this next time: is put you on stage, have you do what you do, and then just play it on a fucking iPod back the exact solo, and you can just imitate it. You'll just be like, these are the exact notes. I'll play that, but just play the stupid fucking version from the goddamn track, so that I can just be what you want. That's what you want. You want me to be a machine? Make me a machine. I'll just imitate it for you. And you'll love it every night. (laughs) Yeah, but I I think, to to be honest, like by electric cello at that phrase was not working well. So I I think it's what she said was, yeah, correct. And then um, we put a little bit of effect on the cello and then it worked well. So I think she had some like image, like strong image for that and when it's when i my sound fit with that image she didn't say anything and then yeah keep going so i think she has she's very picky for everything even like a question wise we had so half of dancers was not able to go into the tour um because just the space wise and also her picture wise um and I, we had a 
um, question on each act. So for me, like, uh, I think five or six dresses, you know, I had. And then she, you know, she came up to us and, uh, okay, uh, this is like this, this can be more short. She did everything. So it took time a lot. So rehearsal afterwards, like after the workshop, we did a rehearsal, actual rehearsal from July 1st until, um, I think, uh, September or more, like almost like, oh, yeah, September. And we started in the middle of September. We started the show. Wow. And wow. then rehearsal was a, a little bit insane too. Um, we started from maybe 2 or 3 p.m. But she comes around 7 or 8 p.m. And then until 4 or 5 a.m. every day. So... It's a lot. I, I remember you being on kind of crazy, like late night hours, even with the shows, you know, that was sometimes very late, right? Like Can we point out a similarity? Because there's a lot. So you did a, it's a, this is actually, and again, a synchronicity because Madonna sounds a lot like what I've heard about Prince because with Prince, when he used to play, and, and you played a Prince song, um, he used to play, he'd do the same thing with the band. They'd play the show. And then after the show, and after everyone took everything down, he'd sit the band down and he'd watch the videotape or the laser disc or whatever the fuck it was from that night and basically sit down and watch the entire show with them Post and be like, it. this is where you fucked up. This is where you need to go faster. This is where you didn't move right. Like you didn't sashay when you were supposed to Shantae. Like, are you serious? Like this, this is a part. Why aren't you buffaloing while you're playing guitar and playing keyboard at the same time? And he would do that every night. And he'd even sometimes dock people money if they weren't professional enough or kick them right off the tour. And that sounds like Madonna, where she's so much of a micromanager, but that again, if she wants it done right, she's got to do it herself, which is sounds like a tedious process. But you know, was the tour good? Was the show? Was the end product as good as she hoped it would be? You think? I think uh, she's she was satisfied with you know what we did and then what she did. Of course, um, we had a uh, good reviews from on the, um, the audience and then on the. Uh, Rolling Stones um, online news uh, and also she made a big income I think um, and also you know um, what's, what, what I wanted to say yeah so she was very picky and then for example the day before the show that was like the last last day of the rehearsal we started from 11 a.m until that was like a 7 a.m <laughs> because she was not happy was we did a two run through first of all we did a sound check again and then we did a two run through and afterwards when we done the second run through that was 5 a.m and I, I thought okay we finally we can go home or we can go home to the hotel um but suddenly got you know, dance director said, oh, we need to come back. You guys need to come back. So, you know, the, I think basically she was not happy with uh, uh, visuals on the stage. We didn't fit with, that was like a well done though. Like yeah. on the theater, we have like a structure of the stage and then behind that, they have like special effect by, mm -hmm. like, I don't know what's called, but the projector things. 
So she was not happy with that. And then we did the two more songs run, uh, run through and we finished around 7 a.m. <laughs> oh my gosh. And you had she a show the next the whole day? Time? Did she sit there the whole time? Yes, she was there. So because she needs to see that. You know, so I, at least you got to respect her for still being like, you know what? I know I got to open tomorrow night, so I guess I'll just stay up all night to these fucking people get my mind perfectly and imitate that fucking MIDI and project that shit all over the place. Because if you can't see what's in my mind, we're going to sit here for another round. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's that for some people. It was a very stressful or very challenging. As a musician, it's also challenging. But we had a great, great music director uh, who was working for Madonna for a long time and they're good friends. Um, he basically like, translated her words to us. You know, sometimes the artists use a very... Um, Can you give us an example? And, and, but before you do, so just just for our listeners and viewers, like so, a music director. We've, we've gone over this, I think, once or twice in previous episodes. But they're kind of the overseer of all the musicians and, and the sound of the show, so that the artists can worry about you know the, the actual show and, and the holistic thing. Uh, so, so continue. Sorry. Oh, thank you so much for the yeah. you know. Uh, so the, his name is Kevin Antunes, and then he basically he sometimes he she, Madonna says, for example. Hmm. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> just one word. <laughs> then music directors just immediately. Okay. Then how about this? Mm-hmm. How about this? He changed something on his keyboard. He suggests his idea. He suggests to us to play. Okay. So then, for example, Marco, if what if you play not on the, um that note, this note, or like a this direction? And then, okay, then I play. Honestly, she liked it. Like, you know, she's like a very quick response to her reactions. Yeah. And then one time I said to him, like during workshop, you know, you know, we are, I, I was struggling with like my, my solo moment for the tone wise. Uh, and I said to him, oh my God, it's very, I feel nervous. You know, every time I play, she's watching like this. No smiling. It just sounds horrifying. Yes. It's very like, you know, the intimidating, queens, yeah. 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 Queen's sitting there. And then like this. It's very nervous. You know, a thousand people is watching me. It compared with like one piece, you know, <laughs> Queen's like watching like this. <laughs> so uh, I, I said to him like that, and it's it's almost like an audition every day. But he said, Can you imagine? I feel that way every day, more than 10 years. <laughs> so, so hold on, I have a very important question. After being in Star Set and after working with Madonna, who was scarier, Dustin or Madonna? I mean, yeah, both. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait, hold on, no, but I, I see a lot of parallels. I, I definitely, with, with, the, with the not, because not to interrupt Dustin sounds like he's literally just as maniacal and then if he had the budget, I and mean, this is why I love Dustin, so they, this is no smite because the man is a goddamn genius. He literally, like, he sees the future. He's set the bar so high that it's obnoxious. He's like, if we're going to play a theater, we might as well be playing a stadium in the theater. Like, he's, out, he's like, I'm going to create a crazy set 
that's just going to change colors and make people appear, disappear, go be cute and what? And he, yeah. and if I you want to hear like what he actually he had, said, you can go he, back a couple episodes yeah, and listen to his interview. If, but I feel like if he had the budget that Madonna had and he could just import you, he would sit there and be like, like. but to everyone, the whole thing, like, Get the aerialist out here to do it every time she plays the cello so that the aerialist gets mad at you if you don't flat the 13. And you could just sit there the whole time. She'll just be. But that's what Dustin would do. He'd be like, now make it more like surreal with the DMX. <laughs> and he would do that. And literally for three days, you'd be there for 72 hours. And he'd be like, still drinking coffee. All right. I feel like it's the wrong color, but we're close. But I love the people who has a very strong vision on their mind, uh, especially that was an artist. I, I would love to work with them because they have like certain vision. And then most of the time, that's amazing. And then I, if I, when I work with them, I'm trying to fit with their imagination or I'm trying to suggest um, what could beyond could be beyond their mind or their image that i think that is our job and then i'm trying to do my best for that um doing my own solo stuff that is just me or you know just uh, what collaboration um stuff project just that's a different just i can be me you know just uh, make a own world can you talk a little bit about your solo material Oh, thank you. Um, so I'm doing like a, I'm releasing my solo album and also making some music videos, um, based on just just having fun, <laughs> you know, just my favorite things to do. Um, yeah, I'm composing from my. Since I was a child, I I love like I love reading books. So when I would compose something, it's coming from my image. So. That's my favorite, you know, if I had a free time, I'm just sitting down, you know, in the studio and I'm creating, you know, the songs. And who's your inspiration, though, as far as like when you're com your composition, because it's interesting because Siobhan, I feel like to make her compose, like we have to like pull it out of her. She's like, but no, it needs to be written on the paper and told me how to play because I Dvork wouldn't have it she, this way. And like she's she's gotten better over the past few years. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, well, well, she's a damn prodigy. She just need. But we needed to coax her into like realizing that she's a prodigy. You're saying that you sit. Do you, do you sit down and compose? And if you do sit down or if you do like just sit and compose. Who was like the inspiration to be like, hey, you know what? I like this. I want to imitate this. Or I want to get this sound. Like, what makes you want to write music? Uh, mainly like on the, the making a story in my mind and then image. That is my inspiration. So sometimes I said uh, sitting down in, uh, in the studio, but sometimes I'm just walking in the park or just uh, going to the you know mountains and then Oh, I'm sorry. Um, just, uh, you know, composing in my head, like, making the rhythm or riff or the melody. So you, so you hear it in your mind. Like you can like hum it in your mind and you just come back. So like it's not like I listen to Chopin and that's just like, you know, my style. You walk in the park and all yeah. of a sudden you you're hear You're composing like, like a soundtrack to your life, it sounds like. You're walking around hearing music in your head. And then you just go and get oh a Grammy God. for Top Gun. Like, <laughs> holy shit, I got to go check this out. I want to know what your mind sounds like. 
Well, you can definitely go on her YouTube on Spotify. I mean, she's, yeah, incredibly creative. We can go on a walk in the park cathartically, like with you. Yeah, a walk in the Mariko Park. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I love walking in the park, yes. Um, Yeah, mainly just inspiration is coming from nature, um, from my experiences, my feelings, someone's feelings, someone's stories. Um, that's basically coming from, yeah. And when you are writing, are you writing, uh, like, I guess, instrumentally, what's, what's the actual pieces you're composing? Are you, are you writing holistically, like, uh, are you doing a quartet? Are you doing multiple instruments? Like, do you do percussion? Uh, like how much, how much do you expand your ideas out that way? Um, I'm trying to do everything because I don't have any music directors. Um, I don't have arrangers. So I'm doing everything by myself, but uh, um, strings arrangement is not so super super hard for me um, because I'm just doing mm-hmm. um, percussion part or guitar part. That's super hard <laughs> um, because not my occupation. So sometimes <laughs> I I like a, I made by MIDI like a scratch. I made a scratch by MIDI. I'm just gonna tell you right now yeah. if you ever need drums. Paul Lorenzo and I will work for free and send you drums. If you ever need guitars, yeah. Corey or myself, I'm sure, will I'll, I'll just send it to me and I'll do whatever oh, you really? want because I would I would yeah. be such yeah, an we'll honor. Help you out. I, be fun. I, all day long because in the other room, so you understand one of the things that like my value propositions to people that are as amazing as you is that I have a crazy drum set with an insane amount of uh, drum mics and Paul Lorenzo who did all the drums for Lost Symphony that Siobhan, myself and Corey play in, um, who's an absolutely Jedi level drummer. Um, we can go in there and it's already set up. Like spend hours so I can just press record, take your song, and he can like drink one cup of coffee and be like, "All right." And most likely he's gonna send you ninety percent of what you want in the first time. Oh wow! Thank you so much. I I mean that'd be awesome. You oh know? my god, we want to collaborate with you. This is why we did the show. It's because we just want to get to people like you and be like, "Please, please, please, let us help you. Please just put our name on something. Please let us play with <laughs> someone this talented." I appreciate if you guys you know could help me and that would be awesome that that is the best yes definitely yes yeah. that's that's hard that's definitely but to echo what you said that's hard I mean even and I haven't done anything solo to the level that Mariko has in terms of recording but that yeah for me I get fragments of ideas that are usually violin focused and then it's really hard to yeah dive into instruments that I don't play like guitar like I don't know how to I mean I can try to write a drum part but it usually is super basic and boring you mean like Brian writing (laughs) string parts that don't make any sense to you you're like right this is not proper at all you can't play this on a violin like well, this it's hard is to write for an ins- yeah an instrument that you don't play like a drummer like Paul. But Brian we'll think likes about to look at the sense. bottom of the screen, the top of the screen, and be like, okay, we're gonna make this work. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you know, nowadays the like, like MIDI sounds is awesome, but still it's different. You know, human nature's talent and also you know. I saw what she did there. Human nature. She dropped a Michael Jackson hint in there. I love it. It's like an Easter egg. <laughs> She's like, oh, I know that that is human nature. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now that Ben's singing, we can uh, we can begin to wrap this up here. Um, so, as far as what's coming up next for you, can you tell us anything we can expect to see soon? Uh, I'm, I'm I know the world's weird right now, but you know, recorded music or live performances. What do you have going um, on? So. I'm trying to finish my uh, creation for the EP. 
uh, that's my first priority. Uh, and also, I just became a freelancer after the Madonna tour. So I'm trying to get a you know, more chance to perform um, for any shows um, that I'm looking for. You know, just uh, live music is very fun. Sure. And of course, I, I love re like, uh, recording stuff in the studio or collaboration, da 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 da. Um, I'm just saying, I just want to enjoy the music. <laughs> yeah, you're always, I mean, I can say just being Mariko's friend, she's always doing something. She like puts me to shame for the amount of <laughs> initiative she has. Here she is up bright eyed at 8 a.m. ready well, to do a podcast. You, you she's do probably realize... doing a million other things today. <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, this is part of my cell. I DJed all night, got home at like 1.30 in the morning. And then I sent Siobhan a song um, from this crazy dude that like, lives in Mexico and he's like one of the most he's a savant musician that has a string part that he's arranged but like I didn't stop working on that song to 4am and then I got up at 8am to test out a bunch of stuff and to import his bass track and I, I and it has string parts so like but I'm sending them stuff even when like I'm DJing in front of people I'm like forward to Siobhan so she could just hear something that maybe six years from now she'll Meanwhile, get your computers stop playing music and everyone's staring at you because you're on your phone. And it did. It, it <laughs> not when I was on my phone, but yes. <laughs> no, but yeah, we, I mean, we're, we're super excited to hear it. Do you, do you have like an estimation when the EP will be ready or is it just kind of, as, as a, you know, you just kind of going at your own pace? Um, Kind of right now it's on pace. Okay. But uh, hopefully by this year yeah let us know obviously we'll, we'll promote it yeah we yeah we would definitely share it yeah thank you so much I and yeah and if you need any help you know finishing it hit us up <laughs> that'd be awesome oh, yeah. thank you L literally no problem like i only have 180 something guitars and uh we both we all have studios as you can see so and Paul's an amazing drummer and he loves original stuff. So if I'm like, hey, Paul, play Wagon Wheel, he'll be like, please kill me. But if I'm like, <laughs> we have this amazing cellist who played with Madonna, but doing Prince, who's his favorite, by the way. He'll be like, sold. And he'll just go in there and be like, she wants me. Meanwhile, yes. like he's like, you know, like, oh, I got to okay. sell seven tickets to like the show. So like, this is the best thing that'll ever happen to us. Oh, nice to hear that. Thank you so much for, you know, um, trying to help me and then yeah. just I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for and taking it's so the great time. to it's great to hear your story too because you know even Amazing. like on this last Star Set tour I had so many people come up to me and say like oh it was so great to listen to your podcast and hear the stories of all the people because you know the Star Set fans they love to hear any tidbit about anyone that ever touched an instrument with Star Set. They're gonna be <laughs> so, so mad sure that we didn't talk enough about Star Set. Yeah, yeah, no, no, but it's 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 so great to hear your story, and it's a lot of you know a lot of people don't get to know that because they see us play and they kind of have to you know assume based on what we share on social media what we're like, and You're it's, it's really nice space. to to get to hear your journey and you know some of the struggles and some of the things that inspired you because that's I think that's what makes us better artists and better musicians is you know those stories that we can share. Oh yeah, whether you're through such music a or so words. sweet, and uh, thank you so much for having me. And uh, that was like. A Great time to me. <laughs> oh, good. Those I'm so two glad hours. Our pleasure. Make sure that you guys. We'll have all the links below. Um, but yeah, the, yeah. the videos on YouTube, Instagram. Mariko Cello, right? Mariko yep. Cello. It's spelled M A R I K O C, as in CeeLo Green. E L L O. So it's an A. -A if you're technically Spanish. 
<laughs> there you Perfect. go. Thank you. <laughs> check out 2020-D.com for more episodes. Like and subscribe, and we will see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of 2020. Please visit 2020-D.com. Like and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on future episodes. This week's throwback clip is from episode number 94 featuring Matt Bashand of Shadows Fall and Living Wreckage. Check it out. And then he's like, <laughs> section 318. He just looked up in the back out of the wall of this arena to see a bunch of empty seats. There's like two people sitting in, in the back. Like I said, the doors had just opened. There's And they're patting everybody down. There's nobody in there. So I was like, section 318, you guys are louder than the PA up there. And you can see two guys looking at each other like, what? Um, uh, but I, I do believe my, my favorite one, however, was uh, he said, "Well, what did he tell you something?" <laughs> I want to send this song to all the guys out there because Eddie's kiss is gonna be sleeping with your girlfriend after the show. It's called Tears of Fire. <laughs> yeah, like that's that. It was it was ridiculous. Bowie, Dylan, Marley. You've heard the names and maybe you've heard their songs, but what about the stories behind the records that made titans of music like these so universally loved and important? Join me, Josh Adam Myers, host of The 500, as each week I go through a different album from Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Albums list from 2012 with an incredible lineup of comedians, actors, and musicians talking about how the music has impacted their lives. New episodes of The 500 come out every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.